your stories and your suggested topics. Wonderful. Thank you. Keep sending them. My email is T-A-L-A-I-B-R-A-8888 at gmail.com. Write as much as you'd like describing to me what you would like to know more about. It will be processed through, hopefully, right? So if I have enough information, I'll be able to do an episode on it. All right, so this is, today's is one such case. I do have an email from one of the listeners that sent me her story. We are going to call her May. And before I even begin talking about May's story, I want to make sure that I do a disclaimer here. In no way does this podcast ever take the place of real therapy, real one-on-one therapy. In no way it does. I think this is a good adjunct or support if you are going through therapy or if you're just into self-improvement and would like to condition new thinking patterns and reflect on on just the world around you in a positive way. Uh, This is what is supposed to help you with self-transformation and in no way does it take the place of actual therapy. Okay, so I just want to make sure I put that disclaimer in there. So when we talk about a story and process it through, I do it the best I can uh, in a way where I know that you are going to be getting help but it's important to think about change as a cooperation act. And this act of cooperation is asking us to take risks. Change means change. Nothing changes if nothing changes. If I'm going to say I'm going to change something, I'm going to actually do what feels good in my intuition to do, even if it's uncomfortable or new to me. I cannot see evidence of an outcome before I start changing. I can't see what it's going to look like when I do make the change. All I do is trust that I am working towards change and I'm changing new things within me or changing old things within me into something new that might help me better. Inside our mind, if we are plagued with conflicting thoughts, meaning I want to change, but I'm not worthy. Those are two conflicting thoughts. They don't go well together. Because if I, in fact, think I'm not worthy, I'm going to punish myself subconsciously. I will not want anything new for me. So working on my self-worth, for example, will help me cooperate with the other great thought that I want to make a reality, which is that I want to change and that I'm capable of change and I'm capable for changing to something good because I am so worthy of good. So I hope that kind of helps a little bit of explaining for all of us as human beings, whenever we have thoughts that are conflicting within us or beliefs that conflict within us, uh, we are going to be stuck emotionally speaking, physically speaking. It just promotes the sickness within and it's hard to change. So I got to line up on the inside. You know, let's say I have a subconscious belief that says I'm not worthy and 
a conscious belief that I am deserving of change and goodness in my life and I'm, I'm, I'm capable of doing it, that means consciously I got to be aware of that belief and also be aware of my subconscious belief that works against my conscious belief and make sure that I line them up together. So that means that I'm not doing stuff in my life that people that think they're unworthy do. Since I'm consciously aware of my own be behaviors that may promote uh, behaviors of unworthiness, I'm going to track those or be aware of them and then redirect them. Make them line up with my conscious belief that I'm, that I'm deserving of good things and I'm willing to change and make that possible. That's what change really means. I'm lining up what I believe on the inside in my, in my subconscious, which I'm not aware of. I'm making myself more aware of it. And then I'm lining it up with whatever I believe consciously or that I'm aware of. And again, your subconscious is not the same thing as your conscious awareness. You may not have the same beliefs. That's why we get stuck. It's like consciously I believe I'm worthy, but on the subconscious I am putting myself in situations that cause me harm. I'm putting myself in situations that continue to disappoint me, that puts me down, so on and so forth. Not in cooperation with my conscious belief. So being in therapy is basically the act of helping, guiding the patient from understanding what's happening in their life, how they're behaving subconsciously, what's their subconscious motivations, and having them line up and decide whether they wind up want to continue to behave this way or do they have a different belief that they want to change into so this is a process this is the process and in a lot of ways that's what we do on this podcast we are attempting to work on our own beliefs checking them not quickly going to refusal but checking to see what our behaviors really tell up tell us about ourselves and if the behaviors don't line up with what we really want consciously or goals that we want to have or the things that we want to be able to do in our life, then it's something to look at and change. It's completely changeable. Your heaven or your hell is right here on earth, my friends, within you. It starts there. And by you being aware of that and transforming your hell into, into a heavenly environment, that's that would be our journey, I think, for the rest of our life. That would be the meaning, at least, and a meaning for our journey of purpose which is wonderful. So that's kind of my first introduction and you'll see why I'm, I'm saying that because in no way as I tell you this story that you're not going to make, you're going to be able to make sense of why I actually gave you this introduction. So I don't think I'm so far-fetched. <laughs> you're like, what is she talking about? But yeah, uh, and if you have any questions on that, just email me, you know, or if you want me to elaborate on anything I just said today, email me. I get m my best ideas from you guys. It, I need the inspiration. I, I can't say I have all of it within. I need you guys to tell me where you're at in your journey and where you need the help. All right. Okay. So let's get started with May. Uh, May sent me an email a little while back and she, God bless her, she reminded me because I forgot and I'm glad she did. May grew up, she says, very fast. She uh, has one older sister and she believes that her relationship with her sister was kind of a love-hate relationship to her. This was normal, quote-unquote. And she does describe her parents being unhappy growing up. 
her dad uh, had kind of a, an extreme anger and he deflected it on his child which is her and probably his wife and she says that she fought back and that he emotionally and mentally quote-unquote killed her when she was in sixth and seventh grade she started self-harming and she was a cutter and she um, would do it to get her parents to stop fighting or to punish herself for things that did not come out as expected in her life and she blamed herself for she says that she remembers one of the worst cuttings she's had was from shoulder to wrist and she basically shredded her left arm it was awful she says because she was not able to stop at that time and then started to shortly after that make suicide attempts she said she was uh, she attempted through overdosing um, she was addicted to substances and uh, also addicted to the cutting and was hospitalized many times in a uh, mental health facility that she describes as being a prison and she was raped at the age of 14 and describes her mental and emotional response was of torment she then experienced her parents divorcing around age 16 or 17 and she said it was hard moving back and forth to each of the parents' homes and she was kind of put on the back burner, if I may. She was kind of not a, a priority for both parents. They were just trying to get over the the marriage and it was all about the marriage, it seems like, and um, who's right, who's wrong. Her dad later on, she found out, was diagnosed with a bipolar, bipolar disorder and um, anger, ang anger issues, anxiety. He was a depressive. Uh, he threatened suicide. He wanted to get her mom's attention, uh, attention, and was not able to do that. Eventually, mom got remarried, and she kind of felt left out, and felt that she was always feeling left out and afraid. And so, the current diagnosis that she's she's been diagnosed with is borderline personality disorder and PTSD and what she would like to know is really how to deal with that she had a recent suicide attempt and and of course as expected she continues to struggle with her self-worth and self uh, regulation uh, emotional regulation and uh, although she does report that she's actually currently married she just recently got married and and she's happy with her husband I'm, I'm assuming that she still goes through this fluctuation in her life emotionally speaking okay which of course will demonstrate itself on the outside as well so all right let's talk about me and um, let's talk about her childhood I want to kind of give you the story as it is as it was kind of told to me I cleaned up a little bit of the information to make sure that nothing really is to harm her in any way and so how do we deal with childhood trauma and we talk about this often on this show but it's you know what it's never to me it's never redundant because it works out for your mental conditioning and it helps you look at different areas what I'm interested in is the high level of 
fear of abandonment that a person with borderline personality disorder goes through. And another way to say a borderline personality disorder is a person that has significant attachment issues, meaning they have a, a very strong fear of abandonment. We all do to some extent, but a personality disorder means that that's the way you solve your problems. Like it is extreme. It is going to show up in every area of your life. To give you a little bit of criteria on what borderline personality disorder is, it is defined by the following criteria according to the DSM diagnostic uh, manual that we use here to diagnose mental health disorders. The symptoms uh, are associated with, you know, compulsive behaviors, impulsive behaviors. They tend to be overreactive, I mean, hostile. Um, if something does not go the way they wanted and because they have a strong fear of serious abandonment or any form of abandonment they really that's the time that you'll see them do so many things that would look like risk-taking behaviors uh, they have a hard time with controlling what they do they just react 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 self-harm is a big part of their way of dealing with a problem or coping because it is used a lot of the times as a way that as a result of maybe if someone tries to leave them they tend to uh, use suicidal behaviors not all but that's basically in many cases it's used that way unfortunately they have kind of depressive emotions and they fluctuate, of course, as you can imagine, up and down quite a bit. They have a distorted self-image, which explains a lot of May's low self-worth. They generally have a discontent for life. They cannot find satisfaction. And they feel lonely um, on the inside. And they will suffer from significant mood swings, right? So in a lot of ways, the behavior starts as self-preserving. It can be very much cured because it's, a, it's not a chemical thing per se. It is a learned behavior to survive. So whatever May had to do growing up, this served as a way to survive her life around her. And it seems like people were not paying attention. And the way they did pay attention might have been when she was probably acting out as a child. It is constant in her life that people are self-seeking and they might do things or during her childhood, they might really only serve their own agenda. And while doing that, it could be that mom or dad have uh, kind of forgotten about the kids and they were just worried about their marriage and who's right, who's wrong. I'm sure there was a lot of fighting and happening between, and I'm sure that it was not hidden from the children. Probably mom would have vented to daughter, dad would have vented to daughter, and daughter would have been right in the middle. I think that's what I'm guessing happened. It is unfortunate that adults have to bring children into their marriage, and this is a common thing I deal with, and I very strongly, strongly suggest that we do not involve our children in explaining adult things like a marriage or why marriage should not work out. I think if you can't do it gently and kindly without venting and using them to vent, please don't do it. Just not nice. And of course, it, it really destroys a lot of their ability to trust within. So I think 
That's probably what happened to May. She heard way too much. She experienced way too much. And her way of surviving that was making sure that nobody leaves. Anytime anybody ever left, she probably blamed herself, which was even more painful. That's how a child would attempt to do it, is to think, okay, how does this relate to me? Why, why would mom or dad leave? Is because I'm not worthy. Even though it is false, but that is what a child usually does because of their lack of experience with the world. So it's good for us to keep that in mind as we're talking about borderline personality disorders is that they have a strong, I mean, if I could think of anything, it's a strong fear of abandonment. It is really, you know, a personality disorder at one point stops serving them. And I think for me, she's realizing that this personality disorder is a way of solving her problem has stopped serving her and that she would like to do something different with it. And the good news is that it is very much treatable, but you have to know your symptoms and be aware of them and be aware how your subconscious plays it out. So if I am impulsive, I will work on going within and being able to regulate that. But even before I even get there, I think the relationship with herself is going to be the first thing she's going to work on. So May, I really want you to work on your relationship with you. A lot of self-love, a lot of mental conditioning on that. Working with a therapist is going to be really important around this time because we're going to have to look at our past in a way where it doesn't harm us or hurt us. Because as I was reading your email, you really used strong words to define the past, which tells me that you're still connecting yourself as the reason why all that stuff happened. And it, you are absolutely not. Because you're a child, you're relieved from your parents acting a fool. You're completely relieved from that, but you still have not relieved yourself within. And our attempt to seek love and attention, which is, I think, essentially what you want to do, is where the problem comes in. Is that um, I cannot get love and attention from within. I usually seek it from the outside of me, which causes me to make sure that the people around me are controlled to stay with me, that I use my emotional fluctuations or all my moods to, in, a, in some way, indirectly, you, I don't think you're doing this directly, but indirectly we're controlling the people around us, right? So suicide attempts helps people gather and feel sorry for the person. And in a lot of ways, they may that may be the way you feel love. So I want to eliminate our need to self-harm to get love. And the best way to do that is really the last place you're thinking of looking and many people think of looking is within. You are fully equipped, May, to give yourself the love you need. Because as you notice, the outside attention and love will never be enough because you still have to deal with yourself when you're alone. And when you say, I feel lonely, is definitely a clue that the relationship within you is not your best friend. It is your worst enemy. And we need to create a new world within, and you are capable of doing that. Whatever you created within was to help you survive whatever you survived when you were young. And, you know, I never know how people survive, and they do different things to do that, and this is just the way you did it. But it is self-harming, and it is self-destructing. And that personality disorder is self-destructive in nature. It will ruin your love within and will ruin the relationships on the outside as we attempt to keep people around us really suffer when they don't give us the attention or give us the love we think we need from them 
it's pretty tricky. We will really do the most extreme things to keep somebody around. And I'm going to just suspect that either dad or mom were that way. And maybe dad would probably have, would have borderline personality traits. Because usually one parent or the other has some traits that you, you've seen and that would have validated, okay, this is how you love someone, this is how you show love. And it's an extreme way, but that's how we, we kind of saw it. So I hope that helps you understand a little bit about you, man. There is nothing that we can take back from what happened. But when we learn to accept that I'm, I'm relieved of taking responsibility of anything that I did not do, meaning my parents and how they behaved, and understanding that they were sick and they had their own sicknesses on their own, I, I would re- at this point relieve myself from taking responsibility of trying to explain that because I think that we still have that little girl within us that is struggling to be heard and is struggling to be loved and although you might have been loved ever since you left your parents presence you still don't allow it within you still have a fear that it would leave which makes us behave in extreme ways so this is about working with you learning to love you learning to accept your past acceptance doesn't mean I have to agree with it acceptance means I just I know this is what happened with some childhood and it's what happened with my childhood and I relieve myself of the responsibility of anything that happened to me as a child really because I, I did not have a say so that would also include teenage years and whatever you may hold a grudge against yourself for which causes this self-sabotage and self-destruction I believe so I need you to continue to work with a mental health professional to look at your past to kind of go through it accept what you need to accept and learn to love yourself as you are and learn to love yourself not in connection with other people's attention and other people's validation of that but rather it's just loving myself from the inside out learning to change my self-talk how I deal with mistakes how I uh, parent myself within or correct myself within it needs to sound different than what it does right now learning to heal that inner child is pretty important that child that continues to blame herself for things that she had no control over I think she still uses some of these descriptors and some of these descriptions hurt her in the long run they remind the child that she was worthy of being left and discarded but it is not true it is not true she was worthy all along it's that parents were sick and she cannot blame herself at all or take responsibility for her parents sickness oh gosh I hope this helps anybody who's going through something like that and I can't really give any direct advice but I I'm pretty much making it clear May, that I need you to continue to work on it there's a lot of literature and workbooks on personality on that personality disorder which is the borderline personality disorder I need you to be able to work through that it takes a lot to be interdependent the big the big thing is that you are basically dependent on others for 
love and validation. You don't know how to kind of fill your own cup. And that's very scary for you. Very scary for you to live within. So we want to make that world within a beautiful place to live. And that's a process, my friend. That's a process. That's the transformation we're doing for the rest of our lives. And it's very doable. You are so worthy. You've been worthy the day you were born. And I am sorry that that was not conveyed to you in your childhood. But you have survived a very difficult childhood. And you did the best you could with what you knew how to do. And so I'll commend you for that. It's tough. I don't know what I would have done. But I think you tried it. And in no way do I want your story to end up in your self-harm, in your self-punishment or self-destruction. I don't want that to happen for you. I want you to live out the rest of your life in the state of I am worthy, that I am loved, and that I've been given so many beautiful blessings and chances, and now I get to see them. Your job is to get to see them from here on out. That's not a bad gig if you ask me. All right. I hope this helped you, May, in your journey. I, I know that people are going to send you positive energy and they're going to send you a ton of love. And trust me, we are all connecting with you. We all have a little May within us that has that fear of being alone, that fear of abandonment. We all have that within us. We're no different from one another. So learn to gently and kindly talk to yourself on the inside and change the world within. I promise you, you'll live a better life and that you'll be able to help so many others with your story. And so many other little girls can help heal from the story that you have to tell them. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm sending you love. I'm sending you light. And I'm sending you peace within. I love you, May. This has been an episode of Drive Through. <laughs>